0: Our podcast has been nominated for five spin awards. I would like to thank you for listening and also for your votes to the nominating committee at the spin awards. Thank you all so much for recognizing our moments of grace. And we pray that you have a day of grace. Thank you. This is your host, Dr. Adrione Butler, and welcome to A Moment of Grace. All all I can say right now is we're here in 2021. We got through all of the trials in 2020. Um, Some of the political stuff. Of course, the coronavirus, uh, a hundred-year pandemic. A lot of changes. A lot of people... Uh, This past Christmas had an empty chair at the table, unfortunately. But the, the truth is, dear hearts, in life, change is inevitable. Transformation is inevitable. For a lot of us, we've had to deal with a new normal. It's become a cornucopia of our experience, not only as Americans, but as men and women but I still find joy in the transformation. We still find victory, even though we seem like we've been defeated. For all of those who have contracted coronavirus, have had loved ones that you've lost in this past year, of course you have our condolences and our prayers, but we will get through this. Today, my, my guest is Pastor Parks, and we're gonna talk about transition um i have to say we went to high school together uh and one of the two best athletes i've seen in our high school and this um this pastor this great man of god is now the pastor of pilgrim baptist church in champaign illinois been married to his sweetheart for 31 years and uh has always been a guy you could depend on uh, he was inducted into our school's Hall of Fame in 2000. <laughs> Played three sports. Um, again, like I said, one of the, the most gifted athletes that I have seen in high school. Went on to uh, play for the Vikings and now he has transitioned and he is playing on a different team, playing for different goals. And those goals are for the salvation of men's souls. Pastor Parks, welcome to Moments of Grace. Good morning, Dr. Brother, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, my dear friend.
1: Uh, know you well, but would you introduce yourself to the audience, please? I am Ricky Parks, pastor of the Pilgrim at Baptist Church, born and raised in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, uh, graduate of Watson Chapel High School, graduate of the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, and uh, in the ministry now since 1997 and been pastoring uh here at pilgrim since 08 but i have a total of 18 years in ministry 18 years of pastoring so uh i'm just happy to be here and thank you for the kind words of of being a uh, athlete you were a a pretty good athlete yourself sir uh well (laughs) i tell you 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 have uh you
0: you have to know what lane to stay in And so thank (laughs) you so much pastor (laughs) believe me nothing uh of the caliber that you were uh, seeing you, you, you know, the, the hard work you put in and uh, what you've achieved over the course of your life. Um, nowhere near that. So we're, we're just so proud and, and uh, elated that, to call you uh, our classmate. So uh, thank you, sir. Uh, so, Pastor, so tell us, we, we, we want to kind of walk through because we have some young people, and you know, I thank God we are heard all over the world. You, you won't believe this, my second largest, largest audience outside of the US is in Ireland, and wow. Great Britain and Australia. So, you know, never never would have thought a young man out of Pine Bluff, Arkansas would have uh, such a listening audience and all over this world. And congratulations, you know, my friend. It's, it's been a blessing, brother, it's been a blessing. Yes. Uh, this year too, has been um, is, we're expecting some great things and, and thank God for being a part of that. But there, there may be some per- young person listening out there that um, is thinking about trying to become a professional athlete. Um, can you share with them, and, and we're going to get into the ministry piece. Okay. But share with them um, your thought process for success uh, to get you to that level. Maybe some of the work ethic you put in and and
1: some of the drives that you have. One of the things, uh, and... Being a a student at Watson Chapel during those times, you know, and I, we dealt with some racism and uh, some things that wasn't necessarily fair to us. Hmm. I was told um, in the ninth grade by a coach, I'm not gonna call this name. I was told by a coach that I would never, ever be able to play receiver. Wow. They wanted me to play play defensive back and I didn't want to play defensive back so that was part of my motivation to prove him wrong through high school and so um i just took on um the mentality that no one is going to stop me from doing what i want to do and and no one should label me as uh what they think i should be when they haven't given me an opportunity to show what i can do so uh that was my motivation um every time I, I got tired i remember what he said so that motivated me to keep going hmm. so throughout high school um that's what motivated me and then uh you know when high school i uh, had knee surgery going in our senior year well, well, third, fourth for game my senior year, which pushed me back in recruiting you know, back in those days when you got hurt you were done Right. You were pretty much done. Yeah, right. Yeah. Especially if you had knee surgery, because, you know, there was no arthroscopic surgery, you know, laser, nothing back then. So I ended up having to walk on at, at UAPB after being recruited. by some pretty, you know, uh, large schools, the University of Texas was recruiting me, uh, uh, University of Mississippi and some others. But once I had knee surgery, they kind of went away from me. And my motivation then was I was going... To go and rehab, and I was going to make it to basketball season. I had knee surgery in October. Right, right. So um, December, I was running. Now this is when, after having (laughs) thirty two staples in my knee, I'm running in December. So I, I went to basketball practice. Okay. And coach told me that I wasn't ready. Uh, okay. He just didn't want to, you know, take the chance and so, so forth. So, you know, back then we had this, um, in the city, we had what we call City League basketball. Exactly. Right. So I found a team, got on a team, and I started playing on the team. And uh, that was part of my rehab. And so the fact that coach told me that I wasn't ready, that was my motivation. Okay. Like, wow, well, how's he going to tell me? I'm not. And, you know, the thing was, uh, uh, he allowed me to practice on the Christmas break for that two weeks. And in that two weeks, you know, uh, literally I dominated everybody with a bad leg. Okay. And he didn't want me to play because there was two guys, who, the positions that I was playing, the two people that were, uh, first and second team in front of me didn't look like me. Okay. Gotcha. So I, I was going to take somebody out of their position you know how we were back then, just oh, yeah. being honest. We always had to have, to have a white guy on the floor at all the time. Right, right, exactly. So right. I was gonna remove this person. So anyway, I go on and, I go, on and go through the uh, City League basketball. Coach comes and find me. Well, he comes to a game. I told him to come show up at a game. Clifton Wynn was was our assistant coach. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Coach Wynn, I say, man, why don't you come to this game and watch me play, and then you tell me whether or not uh, I'm ready. Right. So I'm playing against college guys and whatever. So he ended up coming coming back to practice, coach what's going on, coach waits until the district tournament comes around and tells me that he needs me to play. Well, I wasn't having it. I said, no, you want me to come play and if we don't win, you know, you don't win the district, it's going to be my fault. Right, so whatever. So for there, my motivation went to track. I'm going to track, I'm going to be the best I can, be the best, I'll make everybody who said I couldn't do it, I'm going to prove them wrong. So uh, switching over the track, I, I was running hurdles and high jumping and long jumping, but wouldn't, you know, had never done it. I went in as a junior in high school and everybody that was running hurdles back then had been running since elementary school or of middle course. school, right. junior high. So uh, I was, I think my best time my junior year was like 15, eight or something, which was a great jump for my, my first race, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I ran 20.8 and got last. Okay. I promised okay. myself I would never, never get last I got you. <laughs> so I, got you. I literally knocked off five seconds. Okay. So when we came to my senior year, my first track meet, uh ran 15 flat. So I knocked off tenths of a second. Wow. Okay. And coach was coach was like, "Oh, that's wonderful." I said, "No, no, 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 no. That still won't get me where I'm going." So by the end of the year, I had gone from start of the year. If you go back to my junior, 58 i had gone from 15.8 to 14.2. Wow. And that's good. I was tell people, I went from 20.8 to 14.2. and that's, that's was extraordinary. Yeah. I went to, uh, at the end of the season, when the season was over, I was ranked number four in the state after being not ranked the year before. And the motivation came from the fact that people kept saying, I couldn't do it. Right. I could, you couldn't do it. And so, I've always been the guy that when you the ceiling on me, tell me what I can't do. Come on, bro. I'm going to prove you Gotta wrong. got to break it. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong. So anyway, went on and walked on. You know, UAPB uh, actually offered me a scholarship. <laughs> and uh, they offered me a scholarship and I declined it. it was, I was waiting on uh University of Texas. Okay. okay. So, uh, going to the summer, nothing. I ended up walking on at the Time Bluff. And I remember, uh, you know, when you're young, you do, you do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I walked into the coach's office and told him I was ready to sign a scholarship like two days, two days before, before uh, a weeks before season started. Okay. And he kind so of, this, this was, is at UAPB. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of reminded me that I wasn't anybody. Uh, who was I to
0: the demand right. show up?
1: You know, two weeks before the season. Tell him, the yeah, I've that, that already signed a scholarship, as if as though he was holding a scholarship for me. Right, right, uh, right. Anyway, went on, got to got there, man, and you know, had a little ego. Went in and met with the offensive coach, and looking at the the uh, uh, chart, have hadn't practiced one day. I looked at the chart, mm-hmm. and I was number twelve. Okay, okay. and. And he asked, he said, I asked him, I said, so coach, where am I on the chart?' you know? He said, he flipped flipping chart over and, and they had little tags at that time. He said, well, you write down, you're number 12. Okay. I told him, I said, well, coach, I guarantee you, by the first game, I won't be number 12. Hmm. He said, you think so? I said, no, I'm, I'm gonna be first or second, at, second at worst. Okay, so I had, okay. the two guys in front of me were all Americans and whatever but to make a long story short in that i ended up seeding one of them uh from there you know uh motivation was always i was a walk-on and everybody else was a scholarship athlete Gotcha. you know all the guys in front of me were scholarship athletes so uh, my motivation then was earn a scholarship i did i earn a scholarship by midway through season but that still wasn't good enough because i had to walk on Right. So, so every time I hit the field, I want to prove, to prove whoever fa- faced me that you're facing a guy who, who should have had a scholarship to a major university, had knee insert. Now he's a walk-on. You're paying for it. Right. I got you. I got you.
0: Well, well, well Pastor, let's do this if you don't mind. We're going to take a, a short break, and when we come back, we want to uh, transition to um, how you you were um, how you went to the NFL. And also uh, your calling. We won't won't get to your calling. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. We're talking with Pastor uh, Ricky Parks. And as you uh, hear, uh, very, very, very determined. Um, And if you're listening, I I want you to understand that people don't determine who you are. Uh, Something I tell my my children, have told my children, is not what people call you, but it's what you answer to. You, you have the uh, authority on the inside to do and be exactly what you were called to do. And and as you hear Pastor Parks, um, every time he was told no from external forces, that internal drive kicked in. Um, it's in each and every one of us. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Pastor Parks uh, about the end of his uh, college career and how he transitioned into um, what we already knew was going to happen and become a professional athlete. What we did not know was that God was going to call him to do some great things in, in what he's doing right now. This is your host Dr. Adrian Butler, and we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Hello, my name is Adriana. I am nine years old. Did you know that there are half a million amazing kids in foster care? I wrote a book called The Crystal Kingdom to bring awareness to amazing families like mine. When you purchase my book on eBay, a portion of the proceeds will go to, foster, to a foster care organization to help these amazing families. Think in advance. Like my dad always says, keep the light on.
0: Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade in the stock market, maybe for an exchange, or even how to buy investment property? Check out this company that is teaching beginners how to become winners in the markets. It is TradeAcademyPro.com. Again, TradeAcademyPro.com. And we're back. Uh, This is your host, Dr. Adriel Butler, and we're talking with Pastor Parks. You know, Mark 10 and 26, uh, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, it is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Pastor Parks has been sharing with us how all of the external forces Coaches and um, doctors, and physical ailments with his knee. Um, even the pulling of scholarships, these external forces ignited something on the inside. The truth is, dear hearts, every last one of us have that internal drive. Y- you cannot allow people to tell you what you cannot be. In fact, uh i share with people all the time take every no you get until you force a yes and that's what pastor parks is talking about that he did so pastor welcome back to moments of grace
1: thank you again sir
0: you you were sharing with us um your your college career and how you (laughs) you started unseating guys (laughs) as receivers (laughs) could could you could you share with us give, give, give us that that transition that last year of college, how it was like, and, and as you waited to go into the profession, into the, uh, I think you were, were, uh, played for the, the, the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah, wonderful. Um, senior we we didn't win a lot. Um, I had um, a new offensive coordinator who was run oriented. And so the beginning the first part of the year, my numbers weren't what they should have been. And uh, toward the end of the season, they begin to throw the ball. And so, um, if, I, if I regress and say that my my freshman year, it was the first time the scouts came in. And they were looking at, you know, some guys that were upperclassmen. Right. And, um, my 40-time jump out. Mm. And so, um, kind of got on that radar from there. So, that's how the... the uh, with the recruitment, if you will, or the scouting, begin from that. So once the season was over,
0: now uh, let me let me ask you a question, Pastor. Mm-hmm. So, because I know in, in I know in high school you were three sports. Did you play basketball in college also, or you were strictly football?
1: Strictly football. Strictly okay. Strictly All right. football. Yeah. Strictly football. Yeah. No, I, I I tried. I went to basketball practice, and you know I was, I'm only six two, and and then in high school I was playing the three and the four. And uh, those guys were six six. Right, I got you. So, I so I you. went back to football practice. Right. And, <laughs> I got you. Okay. And, and, and I'm and I'm just open and honest. I went to track practice. The coach wanted me to come to track. I run track. I went to track practice, and he wasn't. He didn't want me to run the hurdles. He wanted me to run the, the 400 meters. Okay. And, and I ran from that in high school. I had wanted no part of that. So. Right, right. I went I went easy. back to football. Yeah. Right. Went back to football practice. I got you. I got you. Yeah, but. Didn't, uh, you know, the, the one thing that was, that I thought over the years, I've looked back and thought was kind of strange and ironic is that um, I had a game against uh, the Arkansas Tech where I caught 15 passes for 290 yards and wow. uh, three touchdowns, I believe it was. And uh, that Sunday, the scout came in. And uh, you got to know, Played like that, man, I'm beat up. is right. you know, week 10, week, I think it is. Right. We got one one game left, I'm beat up. He came in and wanted me to work out for him. Hmm. And I kept pressing upon him that I was not ready for a workout. I just played this game, da-da-da. And uh, when I was a freshman, I think I ran 4-5, one guy had me at four, five, two. 5 one guy had me at 4 4 eight. And so this guy wanted me to run the 40. And I kept telling him, man, I just played yesterday, but whatever. anyway, I run the 40 and I think I ran a 4-6. And okay. he said, yeah, we're gonna take in consideration that you played a game the day before. Da, da, da. So at that time they were not having combines and all of that. Right. You just right. You know, scout come in in the right, spring
2: right.
1: or fall and time or whatever. So this scout was the the area scout. So when they turn in the, the report, he didn't turn in the 4-4, four four, he turned in the 4-6. Okay. okay. So I, I went from being a potential draft pick, I uh, fell down to being uh, a free agent. Okay. And so um, and back then the draft was in May, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything. Graduated, got my degree on, on uh, Saturday before Mother's Day. My, at home with my mom on Mother's Day, got a call from the Miami Dolphins saying, Hey, you going on a plane tomorrow or tonight. Man. Matter of fact, can you be on a plane tonight? We need you here tomorrow to work out. So I flew down to Miami, uh, worked out for them. I ended up signing a contract with the Dolphins, okay, and um, went to training camp or went to mini camp. Back then, you had a mini camp, and then you had Called quarterback school, and he had another mini camp, and the mini camp went into training camp. So I went through the first mini camp. I through the quarterback school through the mini camp. And just as we're getting ready to go into training camp, they come to me and said, Hey, uh what do you think you would be in great safety? Okay. And I asked why. And he said, Well, you know, we have Mark Clayton and and some other guy, and uh, those three, the three guys that were playing would Marino's main guys, they were only about five 5'8". Okay. Here I am, 6'2", six six right, yeah. right. so I talked to the i talked to the receiver coach about it, and he tells me, he said really, uh, Dan said that because of your height, you're kind of throwing him off. He's used to throwing the ball to smaller guys. Now he's got to throw the ball up or wow. whatever. So, um, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to go over here and play defense for, you know, see what it's like. I went over there for a couple of days and put me in. You know, I did all right. That's not where my heart was. So I went back and talked to the to the uh offensive co- or defense coordinator about it. Make a long story short that that afternoon I, I was on my way back to Little Rock. Okay. And let me go. Okay. So uh from there I ended up signed, I went worked out for the Houston Oilers hmm. in 86. I ended up uh on their practice squad. 86. Okay. Then um, that was probably the last, I probably practiced quite the last four or five games. And then okay. 87, I ended up in Minnesota. But the thing was uh, is that when I was 16 years old, I knew then God called me in the minute. Gotcha.
2: gotcha.
0: And so um, this was all transitional for you.
1: Yeah. 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 And through the process of college, um, I had a great, my, my last two years of college, I had a great coach who was a great man of God. Mm. And so we had prayer before practice and after practice. He always prayed before practice and he always allowed one of the players to pray after practice. Okay. And so the players, uh, once I, I got chosen once to pray. And from that point on, whenever we had a road trip, they always wanted me to pray for our traveling graces. Okay. I couldn't understand why they were choosing me, you know? Mm -hmm. And and so I remember going back to college, I remember talking to uh, Ralph Abernathy's uh, son. Okay. His Ralph Abernathy's son, a great grandson, a grandson was playing with me my senior year. Okay. So uh, I was talking to him about, you know, life and, he kept telling me you know as a man because in his heart so is he
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and he said you know that um it's, it's not really what god called for you he said i i've seen it already you, you know it too and i like, well, whatever i don't know what you're talking
0: about but, so but you knew it was pressing it was pressing oh yeah, it was, yeah. Oh
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i got you bro <laughs> yeah and so when when i got to minnesota um there were some things that were going on. You know, they were, there were some parties and stuff that I was invited to that went, some stuff was going on that I was in awe and shock. And I was like, I can't be a part of this. Right. And so um, I, I called home and told my mom, you know, that was my go to person. I called my mom and I said, Look, mom, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. She was like, Yeah. He said, You know, I've been up all night too, to talking to the Lord, and he's shown me some stuff about you. And I, you know, I didn't want to hear that. Okay. Right, right. Okay, well I'll talk to you later. <laughs> right. So, right. so gotcha. um as the time is going on, I'm realizing this is let me back up and say this. I realized um we were playing the Chicago Bears, and we had played one series on offense. And I'm sitting on the sitting on the bench, and I looked at the clock and I said, I should be glad when this opens. And I said why are you and i'm talking to him i said what are you thinking this way and the fire was gone mm, to play so, yeah the play was it okay. wasn't it wasn't gotcha. important to me gotcha. it wasn't mm. and all i could think about was am i doing what i want me to do? the answer kept coming back no and then the holy spirit revealed to me he said you asked to play Your prayer has always been to let you play. We have allowed you to play. Now you see it's not what you think it really is. Hmm. You know, that pressure, you know, every week they're bringing somebody in to replace you. You Every every Tuesday, some guy's being worked out on Monday. Some guy's being worked out to replace replace somebody. Right. So, So I came back home, ended up coming back home. I injured my shoulder, came back home. And uh, I started coaching high school football. Okay. And was in church one Sunday, and the uh, pastor came to me. I had been attending church, you know, got saved when I was 17, uh, or was baptized when I was 17. I like to say that. got baptized when I was 17. I was attending church, and pastor came to me and said, hey, I've been watching you, noticing you. You're here. You're at Sunday school. Uh, your demeanor is what we're looking for. I think you'll be a wonderful deacon and before he could get that out of his mouth i said yes cuz then the lord would leave me alone <laughs> so you thought <don't. laughs> yeah so this is where i'm supposed to be right right and so uh i'm still you know still involved in football i'm coaching and the first sunday that i was serving as a deacon and and you know, back then they said they can sit in the audience, and then it was time for them to pray. They came and sit in these little uh, pews, shortened short pews up front. Right. And when I sit there, the Holy Spirit said, This is not where you're supposed to be. Where, right. Yeah. Right. And so um, I continued the coaching, man, and I started a, a a prayer group at the university with athletes. Okay. And, and didn't know why God wanted me to do that. Um, but now you know, I, I knew, but I didn't understand at that time why. So um, then I got involved in FCA, doing everything I could not to go into ministry.
0: Right, right. To talk him out of it. You, oh yeah. You you you, yeah. you, you sound like me, Pasco. I said when he was when he was calling, I said he had the wrong number. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I I made excuses. The motivation the motivation that I have for football. Right. And for, for sports. I was using the same motivation, fight gospel. I got you. Uh, the reason I said it is because I was always worried about what somebody was going to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, who knew me? You know, the uh, Dr. Butler know me from high school and so on, so know that I not that I was out there doing, you know, uh, uh, criminal things, right, but right. I was out enjoying life, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Right,
1: right. How are my my peers gonna accept? I mean when they know some stuff I've done with them and that i da, da And the Lord said, Well, I knew I knew all about you before you were born. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Wow. So uh continued to fight, wouldn't you know, and one one Saturday I was I was home and uh walking through my house and I heard this as clear as you and I are talking. I heard the Lord said to me, After you preach my gospel, I will never bless you again. Hmm. And I froze in the house in that spot, and it seemed like I stood there for an hour. I couldn't move. I couldn't say anything. And when he when 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 he let me go, still couldn't do it. Still wouldn't. Okay. Still wouldn't yield. Oh no! I was going crazy. I said, mm-hmm. "I'm losing my mind. I'm right. hearing things." Right. And on the, on Mother's Day, 1997, I was I was. uh on my, on my job as a deacon, pastor had given the invitation to discipleship, I put the chairs out, uh, and normally we would put the chairs out and stand behind the chair. I put the chair out and once stood on the side of the wall and just started crying. Mm-hmm. Didn't know why I was crying, and uh, I'm bargaining with the Lord, you know, and all this other stuff. I'm sure you understand. I'm telling the Lord, you know, uh, not this Sunday, maybe next Sunday. Mm-hmm uh, too many people in here and so on and so forth. And, uh, eventually, uh, two people, three people joined church that Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had to go put another chair out. And so while I was putting the chair out, um, Didn't realize I could, you I could see my face looking back up at me mm. wow. and I heard, and I heard the Lord said, this is your seat.
2: Mm.
1: I, I wouldn't sit down. I went back over in the corner now and bargained with the Lord. I said, well, Lord, if you, Remember the day that I got saved, June 29, <laughs> 1980, when I got saved right. or when I got baptized? So you remember how I felt, how, how my body shook and my hands were, were moving? And all. I, the next thing I know, I was sitting in the seat. I said, if you do that again, I'll go sit there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Be careful what you ask for. So my feet started moving.
0: All right. Now.
1: Next thing I know, I'm sitting in the seat and the secretary comes and asks the other three people, why are you here? She skips me. And I'm like, what is going on? And when uh they get to me, and before they get to me, the, the devil said, I can get you out of this. Just ask for prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll leave you alone. Right. And I said, no, I'm tired. And I told the church that I said, I've been running for 18 years now. I'm tired. And I have to do what the Lord said. And I looked, and there was not a dry eye in church. Everybody was crying and going, I was like, what are y'all, what's going on? my pastor was one of those who said that um one when you come to into the ministry under his leadership you could not sit in in the pulpit until you preach your first sermon right gotcha he baptized me and told me that uh sunday that i got baptized he baptized at at 11 o'clock in the morning and i joined church during service okay and he said, "I have never gone in the water twice. I'm going back today because there's something special about this young man. I got to do it." Wow! Praise God. So, uh, some 17 years later, when I when I announced my calling, he and I had have been having this discussion because I asked him, "How did I? You know, what do I do? How do I find mm-hmm. out the Lord's calling?" me? And he kept telling me. He said, "He said, I hear you. I can't do it for you. The right, answer right. comes from God. You have." Go for yourself. That's right. So that particular day, um, when I went, he told me he said, I'm gonna do something I've never done in 35 years of pastor. Come on and sit in the pulpit before you preach. Wow. And what and when I sit in the pulpit, Dr. Bella, I lost fifteen hundred pounds. Mm. Wait, oh man. my god when I man. sit when I sit there, I, I heard the of the Lord say you are home now Praise God. you're right where you're supposed to be and man it has been a truly blessing from you know so I, I asked him. the first thing he did was uh sending me to different conferences uh uh, you know, in the in the Baptist Church in the South, we have so many what we called district meetings where you have right, you know right. you get certified class. I was going to class, you know, ministry and homiletic human, uh, hermeneutics, learned everything about preaching, right, right. everything I could, and um, you know, wasn't wasn't concerned about pastoring. I just was just happy to be doing what the Lord called me to do.
0: Well, Pastor, we're we're about we're we're about three or four minutes up against the uh, end of our show. Tell me, so how long have you been at Pilgrim now?
1: Uh, I, I've been here twelve years.
0: Been there tw- uh, Praise God! I didn't know it had been that long. And
1: it'll, and, be, th- uh, it'll be thirteen in February.
0: And you guys built a, a sanctuary. Was it two thousand twelve? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: When I came to Pilgrim in 08. Uh, okay. Between, uh, was again uh, back at the university working, wasn't looking for a church. I was pastoring a small church in Wabasica, Arkansas, ran into some people from Champaign, somehow got in a conversation. The lady was asking me, she was trying to get me to come teach Okay. And got in a conversation with her and she said, Hey, we're looking for a pastor. And I said, well, I'm not looking for, to be your pastor. But cool I'll, chart, come preach, <laughs> I'll come preach for you. Right. Long uh, story short, came here, preached for them. wasn't interested, they called me and said, Hey, we elected you pastor and had to make that decision. And God said, this is where I want you to be.
0: So so you didn't even, you're not even applying. They said, we've already yeah. <laughs> made a decision that you're yeah. our pastor. Yeah, Praise pretty God. much, Praise
1: pretty God. much, pretty much. And um came here and had about 125 members and uh, in the 12 years, I i think right now the number is close to about 400 people we've baptized. Praise God. Um, uh, church has grown, we're, you know, I call it closing the back door for those that come in and out of the door. We probably probably had 900 people at some point right. has come through. Right. We're roughly around five, 600 people.
0: That's a blessing. But well, now you're that. also doing um, something with, uh, um, uh, is it CU Fresh Start? CU in- Fresh
1: Start, yes.
0: Can, can yes. you share with us uh, that? And then we want to um, see how people can get in contact with you. Someone may hear your story all over the world and want to uh, contact you about maybe speaking for uh, for them at their ministry or uh, just okay. want to connect with you. So if you, you could share that with us, we'd appreciate it.
1: Okay. CU um, Fresh Start is an initiative to stop the gun violence. Um, we have had, uh, for a small uh, city of about, about uh, 150,000 people, we've had quite a, a few gunshots. This year, we are close to 200 shots fired. Okay. And so. Um, what, what the initiative is uh, does is that uh, we identify those who are potentially shooters or gun carriers uh, through the police department. Uh, we have two area, areas of CU Frish style. We have the community side and we have the police side. So I, I work from the community side. So what our concern is, is to help stop the violence working with the police. But we're also wanting to police the police. It is not about uh, punitive damages. But that we're putting together programs to help some of these uh, young people who are, are going toward violence, gun violence, because they have nothing else to do. Okay. So um, we bring, we have what we call a, a call-in. We actually bring some of the young men who or young women who have been uh, seen or known to have guns to come in, and we have a conversation with them. Okay. And the police have a conversation. We have the state's attorney there. We have the U.S. attorney there. Then you have some community leaders there. And the main focus is at the end of the session, is to give them an opportunity to meet our community liaison who can help them if they need a job, if they need a G.E.P., whatever it may be, housing. So we're trying to provide uh, an avenue to change their lives. There you go. And, and then when they begin that change we want them to come back and talk to other brothers or other sisters who are in gun violence who who are dealing with gun violence that's the point of the initiative amen
0: um so how can people get in contact with you and and uh give them the address of your your church and if people want to get in contact with you to come and speak um how can they
1: do that um church's address is 13 north 6th street Champaign, Illinois, six one eight two two. Our church office number is 217-356-9633, and my office number is 217-352-8055, or you can reach me at my personal email is ricky, r-i-c-a-e-y, underscore parks, 63 at yahoo.
0: Praise God. And we'll we'll also have that in the byline. So if you're if you're listening to the broadcast, we will also have that in the byline, uh, wherever you're listening uh, to this at, whether it's iHeartRadio or uh,
1: Apple iTunes, it will be in the bylines.
0: Pastor, again, thank you so much for being with us here on
1: Moments of Grace. Oh man, thank you so much for having me, my brother. I am I am humbled and honored to be on your show.
0: Praise God! Praise God! Again, one of the best, one of the best two athletes I saw coming up in high school. bro. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, my brother. Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. We have been talking with Pastor Ricky Parks uh, there at Pilgrim Baptist Church in Champaign, Illinois, and Pastor Parks has shared with us some truths, and there's a truth when a caterpillar goes in a chrysalis, something better comes out. There's a truth that when a chick is in an egg and he struggles, something great comes out. And even for us, no matter what it is, whatever you've gone into, um, there's a poet, Seth Gooden, he says, change is not a threat. It is an opportunity. So for us, you know, for Ricky or for Pastor Parks, excuse me, for Pastor Parks, it was uh, football. And when the change needed to happen, when he needed to go into the chrysalis, thinking even though he was a great athlete going in, he wasn't all he was meant to be. But when he came out on the other side of his calling, he became something better something God could use and someone Amen. God has elevated. If that's you and it is you as you're listening, God has something greater for you. I say again, no matter you, no matter what you're going into, God can get you out of it and he'll bring you out better. Just remember that he loves you. He's made you for a greater purpose. In fact, that's the only thing he made you for, for his purpose. And once you've realized your purpose, you produce power. Well, this is your host, Dr. Jerome Butler. Remember, love God, love life. Keep the light on. We'll see you next time on Moments of Grace.